They may have started out not really understanding why they were here, what the point of the fly-in was. And now they leave like excited and see the true impact that they have by having these conversations and sharing the stories with the members of Congress. Welcome back to the Facts About Packs podcast. I'm Michaela Isler, NAPAC's Executive Director, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Adam Belmar. And I am here and very excited for our episode today, Michaela. The State of the Union Address is coming up, and today we get to break down why it's important in the legislative process and how it tees up an extremely important part of the jobs that we all do in the PAC space. Indeed, Adam. And, you know, today we're talking about fly-ins, why they matter, how they work, and really ways to improve yours for this year. So coming up, we'll be joined by Bridget Sewell from the American Property Casualty Insurance Association. The Facts About PACs podcast is produced especially for the members of the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. In every episode, we recap this week's NAP activities, share actionable intelligence and best practices, all while connecting the PAC community. And today's episode is brought to you by Chainbridge Bank. Looking for a financial partner who actually understands PACs and the frustration by crossing the bridge to better banking with Chainbridge Bank, a group who specializes in the financial needs of the corporate and association PAC space. Chainbridge Bank. They know PACs. Thanks, Adam, and thanks, Chainbridge Bank, for your ongoing support of our Facts About PACs podcast. You know, Adam, it's so easy to really become jaded inside the beltway, especially when it comes to roadblock coverage of a political speech that most people really don't want to watch and don't think it pertains to them, right? Oh, so true. And absolutely, unfortunately, completely wrong. Not the part about people preferring to skip a primetime political speech. I get that. But the part about it not pertaining to them, Michaela, the State of the Union address, especially at the beginning of a new session of Congress with new majorities, is a uniquely special exercise. And it's the one place a president's messaging must be accessible to everybody. Understandable language, clear priorities, a sense of shared purpose, goal-oriented. Yeah, it sounds like the same thing everyone in our audience really aspires to at the beginning of their fundraising campaigns. You know, what are the issues? How do they impact our business? What do we as a company or industry want to achieve in this new cycle? How does the PAC help us get there? Exactly. And this is why we are lucky to have Bridget School with us today, because once the hard work has begun, the mission quickly brings advocates and champions right back here to Capitol Hill for the fly-in. Well, with that, I just want to say welcome back to the Facts About PACs podcast, APCIA Vice President, newly named Vice President, Bridget Sewell. Thanks, guys. So great to be back on the podcast with you and Adam. And I agree. Now is the perfect time to be working on and refining your fly-in programs for 2023. First and foremost, congrats on your promotion since the last time we've had you on the show. Definitely well-deserved. I'm very proud of you. And I know you're in the thick of planning for your federal fly-in, but you've got probably a couple of state fly-ins you're looking at doing too this year. So I can't wait to jump in and talk all things fly-ins. You know, you have had great experience in executing this kind of program for a long time. Uh, We get asked about fly-ins all the time. And so what are the biggest goals to focus on for you when you're conducting your fly-in? Uh, thanks, Michaela. That's a really good question and one that we often talk a lot about internally as we prepare for our fly-ins. Um, not only do we, you know, 
have goals of flawlessly executing the many, many logistics that go into planning one of these things. We really do focus on getting our APCIA members in front of the appropriate members of Congress. You know, those members of Congress who have jurisdiction over our issues and have a real impact on our industry as a whole. So uh, we really try to focus on our members getting in front of the right members of Congress when executing this fly-in. And that's how we define success. Our, Our members getting the message out, telling their story to the members of Congress that actually have decision-making authority. Bridget, you know, that's such a great point. And I really kind of want to maybe take a step back even for our listeners who maybe haven't done a fly-in in a couple of years uh, or have for many years thought that they wanted to do a fly-in and just didn't know where to get started. What are the fundamentals that you recommend or even lessons learned in all these years of planning that they need to be thinking of right now before they can kick this off? Michaela, that is such a timely question. I was just, in fact, talking to a fellow PAC director who was exploring hosting her first fly-in. So this is all just fresh on my mind, and I'm happy to share. For all the other PAC managers thinking about potentially planning one of these, I would consider thinking about these three top things. First, timing. That's crucial. Not only does it make sense for your internal timing, your internal calendar, what you all have going on at your association or your corporations, but also Congress's timing. Are they in session? Will your legislative priorities be a hot topic on the Hill during the time that you'd like to host the fly-in? All of that uh, comes into play and is an extremely important part of planning your fly-in. A lesson learned here for us at APCIA, we had the hotel lockdown. We had the date secured. We were getting going on all the planning. And then the House issued their calendar. And we discovered that they were not going to actually be in session during our fly-in. So a huge lesson learned was to marry our internal calendar up with the congressional calendar to make sure that they were aligned and actually going to be there. I think the second most important thing to focus on off the bat is your audience. Again, both internally and externally. What are those legislative priorities that you'd like to bring to Congress and who are those best messengers to do so? So figuring out who within your organization would be the best person to carry that story to the Hill. And then I think lastly, but definitely not least, it might be the most important of all of this, are all of the many logistics that go into this. How many meetings are you going to be scheduling? Do you need to hire a consultant to help manage that process? Which hotel are you going to be staying at? We typically like to be close to the hill. So there's a lot, not a lot of time spent on a bus or an Ubers going back and forth to the hill in the hotel. Those logistics seem to be small, but they are a very important part of the entire fly-in experience. One of the things that happens right after the State of the Union is all the members come out, Michaela, into Statuary Hall, and they will talk to local media about how it pertains to folks back home. And this is something very much like the fly-in that is processed. We do it all the time. The circle that I've sort of connected in my work with NABPAC and work on this podcast has been when you get everybody back to Washington to continue that discussion, it is just critical to be able to make sure that people are connecting and getting, like, as you said, to tell their real human story. Yes, that's something that we reiterate to our members all of the time. Members of Congress want to hear from them, their constituents. They want to hear the stories outside the Beltway about how this particular issue 
this real life issue is impacting not only their businesses, but the consumers that they service as well. So that's why when we are promoting our fly-in, we try to educate and message this to our members that they want to hear from the constituents, our APCIA members, in order to give the real examples that then the members of Congress can go share with their colleagues when they're trying to maybe educate another member of Congress on a particular issue that impacts the insurance industry. And something else that you touched upon that I think APCIA does really well is we try to foster and continue the relationships between our APCIA members as well as the the members of Congress that they are meeting with that day. So the conversation does not stop when they leave their office after the fly-in's over. We have templates that we send to the APCIA members immediately following the fly-in that outlines, you know, a quick message that they can send to the member of Congress's office, touching upon the issues that they talked about, because the real important thing is for them, our members, to be developing relationships on their own with their members of Congress that will continue to accomplish our goals as an industry if that conversation doesn't just occur once during that fly-in, but it continues throughout the year. I think that's a really critical piece of this. And and I would argue a reason why your fly-in has been so successful over the years, because it doesn't just end when they leave the offices on Capitol Hill. And what APCI has done, I think, really well in sort of maximizing the opportunity to bring in all of your many PAC champions that you've been cultivating over the same amount of time to get them all into town. But the conversation doesn't end there. So what is your advice for capturing that energy and purpose throughout the rest of the year? The energy around these fly-ins really is palpable. Uh, The PAC donors come to D.C. and see the real value in meeting with these lawmakers, developing relationships over the years with these lawmakers, as well as each other. It's a really great time to network with one another as well. So they see the real value and they end up bringing more folks into the fold the next year. They invite more of their employees and their colleagues to come join and also expose them to what the PAC does, how the PAC does it, and where their dollars are going. You know, for so many people in our space, the PAC space, listeners of the number one PAC podcast in America, the logistics of doing something like this are great. Not just the dollars, but the coordination of what and how to deal with everyone while they're here to keep them safe. And we were never more challenged than the years where COVID prohibited this. And then last year, I know you guys found a way to get back to a new normal. Can you talk for a second, Bridget, about what it is in 2023 where COVID protocols are literally falling away and you're still creating a new normal? Are we back to the old school fly-ins? How do you think about, how should we all think about coordinating our fly-ins in 2023? Yes, Adam, I think you're right. I think we are back to the old school fly-ins, as you mentioned. Uh, Last year was a bit of a challenge to navigate all of the ever-changing protocols that we faced here in D.C., as well as Capitol Hill. Uh, Some of the entrances weren't open on the Hill. There was less security. You needed to be uh, chaperoned from office to office. And we've seen pretty much all of that go away. So I think um, as we approach this fly-in in 2023, I am modeling it. I am thinking about it like I did back in 2019. I think people are energized to be back together. I think that uh, they are less worried about COVID. And I really do see this in also our registration numbers. We're going to have more folks here than we, we've had last year. And I think it will result in a great event. I think it will be a great event. And I think so many people are doing the very same thing, expecting a great event because there's so much energy and so much promise in this new Congress, an opportunity to take a look at things from a little bit of a different light 
right? Michaela, I can't help but consider for the professionals who have done this long enough, and you are certainly one of them, that this offers great value for members and their staff as well. I want to hear from both of you about how much value members and their staff can find in these fly-ins. Yeah, I think having the constituents and that, as Bridget said at the top of the show, that sort of real-world impact on the issues that they're debating It's not just some words on a piece of paper, that there is actually an impact, not just to the company and their bottom line. I mean, you know, I worked in the banking and financial services and property and casualty insurance space, and I know firsthand that the companies care very deeply, despite what we, you know, maybe hear, but do care very deeply about the impact this will have on their consumers as well. And so, always looking at these issues through that lens. And one of the things I think APCI does very well, and and like many of our members, is making sure that the language you're speaking, being very concise, having data that can back up your claims, and that can be shocking and and eye-opening for a staffer who may not really be aware of the impact of some of this legislation. And so if, if you can drill that down to three high level bullet points on and have some real powerful data baked into that. It's something they'll remember. We tried to make it as personal to the office as possible. So our member companies bring in a fact sheet that is specific to that member of Congress district or state. So we have things like how many employees does our industry employ in that state? How many cars and homes do we insure in that state or district? How many annual wages does the insurance industry pay to folks in those districts or states? So we really try to make it as personal as possible to the member of Congress and his or her staff so they can understand the real impact our industry has and why they should care about our industry and our issues that we are lobbying before them that day. And you're right about the couple of bullet points. We also try to have, um, we do a lot of prep work with our members before they get to DC. So they have their marching orders, they've got their talking points, but we try to give them three or four high level bullets to get our points across in concise manner. So they're not sitting there going on and on because uh, we know that the members of Congress don't have that time. But we really try to prepare them with this the, the three or four couple bullets that we want to get across and have that backed up by the data on our, our state-specific fact sheets. You know, I hear from a lot of the government affairs folks who are in our space that the two-way conversations, the relationships that are really the most valuable are when they're getting questions from members and staff seeking supporting information. And a lot of that comes from the trust that gets built by seeing people from your industry involved in the fly-in and sometimes, maybe even more often than sometimes, people coming back. Michaela, this is like a field trip when you're young to the Capitol, except it's real. And the ability to make that trip over and over again is something people take a great deal of pride in when they're involved in a pack. To have a successful government relations program and you're going to do a fly-in, that's going to be, has to be a part of it. It can't be a one and done. And I know, I mean, even at the state level, sometimes, because it's not as a grandiose program, sometimes I would wonder, oh my gosh, do we really need to be doing this every year? And the answer is yes, because one, you get new people every year coming into your organization, new employees, new members that have not been exposed to this. You've got some new PAC donors that maybe they decided to give to the PAC because they wanted that opportunity to come to Washington and get in front of their elected officials. But at the same time, it's tremendously rewarding 
to see the relationships that have been built over that time. So, you know, Bridget, I don't know exactly how long you've been running. I feel like it's been 10 or 12 years, but to really see the evolution of the connections and the understanding of the issues, because at the end of the day, these are not easy issues to download. And it's not the first time they've seen us and heard from us, especially when there may be a really big issue coming down the pike. Like we've been in front of you for 12 years talking about this. That's powerful. Yes, absolutely. And I I do believe that there is energy year after year from the folks who have experienced this for, you know, I've been here for 11 and a half years to see that, you know, they may have started out not really understanding why they were here, what the point of the fly-in was. And now they leave like excited and had after great conversations with their members of Congress and see the true impact that they have by having these conversations and sharing the stories with the members of Congress. Um, I also say when I try to schedule the meetings for these folks, the offices many times know that CEO from X member company is going to be there. And they're like, oh, the congressman will be looking forward to this conversation because he remembers it from last year. Um, I get a lot of that in the leading up to the scheduling of the meetings as well, which is great because you're right. The conversation doesn't stop. It's reinforced year after year and it is powerful. Bridget, I just I have to bring up one sort of funny story from our time together at APCIA. But I think this is important, too, is to find a differentiator between you and all the other fly-ins that are going on. And I had this really bright idea and everyone thought I was crazy. But do you remember when we had one of our mutual colleagues dress up as a crash dummy? Yes, that was Um, the best idea. (laughs) And, you know, everyone sort of thought it was hokey, but Everybody in the state capitol wanted a picture with our crash dummy. Everyone wanted to know what the issues were we were here to talk. I mean, you really didn't have to say what we were there to talk about because we had this costume that was, I will say, walking from the hotel to the capitol in a crash dummy outfit was a little disconcerting. But the second we walked into the capitol, it was like a mad rush of folks wanting to talk to us. They remembered seeing him and every. Wait a second. Were you in the crash dummy? No, no. She was leading the crash dummy. I thought we'd stumbled onto something really amazing here. And Michaela, let me tell you. Yeah. Michaela, let me tell you, they are still talking about the crash dummy costume to this day, many, many years later. So I think that was a brilliant idea. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise. I want to channel my inner Rocky Krivijansky of NABPAC because he is so wonderful at helping to boil down language to the most accessible level, to helping people feel connected. And, and it, just back to where we started on this episode, it's what the job of the president is. It's what the job of the PAC director is. It's what the job of the champions is when they come back for a fly-in, the likes of which Bridget Sewell is expert at doing. And if you try and make it too complicated or think that you're too cool to utilize some visual communication to help rally people, no, you're not thinking hard enough. You you get there and then you go through that while you take it to 11 and it can make a difference, Michaela. I think so. And, you know, I think one thing too, that when you're thinking about your fly-ins and, and Bridget, I know you guys go to great lengths to also bring the fun and bring something unique. Not everybody gets to experience DC every day. And and while many of them have been in the government affairs space and, you know, been around politics for a long time, there's always something unique that you all bring to the table, specifically when you all had just a fantastic dinner over at the archives. I think people are still talking about that event, but that's something that not everybody even in DC gets to do. And here, You were able to bring your members, your PAC donors, your champions, not only on your behalf to work and help the industry, help the association, 
but then you also reward them with something maybe kind of cool that not everybody gets to do in DC. Yes, we do try to provide a unique DC experience as a way of thanking them and a great way to end the very productive day on Capitol Hill. Uh, We do offer typically during those events, a VIP part of the program for our PAC donors. So that's another incentive for the PAC donors to come. If you bring up the archives event, we had a special behind the scenes look at some very interesting Winston Churchill artifacts uh, with our highest PAC donors. And I still, again, people are commenting, when can we do that again? How can I get back in there? It was fantastic. And it's something that, you know, I might take for granted living down the street from the archives, but it was wonderful. And it was a piece of DC that people don't normally get to see. You know, it feels good to provide that to our members as well. Well, and you're always thinking ahead too, and and how can we be a little bit different? How do you feel you've tailored as you talk about your donors and and bringing those donors in for those special, unique opportunities? uh, How have you tailored your PAC fundraising outreach around these fly-ins over the years? Is there anything new for listeners to consider? I haven't necessarily done anything new over the last couple of years. I do try to host a PAC event for my members while they are in D.C. to capitalize on that energy coming off the Hill. We always talk about advocacy as a three-legged stool. So they were on the Hill lobbying. We're going to prep them with some follow-up language afterwards to keep the conversation going. And we host a PAC event. We normally host a candidate fundraiser that morning. So they have the opportunity in a very intimate setting to get in front of a member of Congress, one of our biggest champions. And that really gives our members a one-on-one opportunity to get in front of someone. Um, And then later, at the end of the day, after our marquee dinner event, we do host a fun PAC fundraiser. They're energized. We try to capitalize on that and raise a little bit of money from that group as well. And they have been wildly successful. I think they understand it because they've just seen it all in action throughout the day. It all comes together and we close that loop for them. Um, And like I said, it's one of our biggest and most successful fundraisers of the year, to be honest. Well, Bridget, thank you so much for sharing all about your great programs. Bridget Sewell, Vice President, American Property Casualty Insurance Association and NAPAC board member and Vice President. Thank you for being back with us on the Facts About Packs podcast. Thank you so much, Mikhail and Adam. Subscribe and meet us right back here on the Facts About Packs.